Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, Matt Smith is. And you know who else is? How you doing today, Brandon Stokely? I'm doing great. You're doing great. A little wet today. A little wet coming in here. Uh, Were you also waiting it out in your car? No, no. I had to get in here to do some things. Oh, So um, I wasn't waiting anything out. It wasn't coming down that hard to wait. Did you wait? I was waiting like a minute. Yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, let me see if this eases, eases up no, just, just a second here. Just a little here. fast, little hop. You'll be okay. Just yeah, but you parked wet. closer than I did, so you actually yeah. were using your brain. You did get hit in the head a lot of times during your playing career, but clearly still working up there. Better than mine is this morning, at least. How you doing, pal? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm doing good. Friday, man. Got a good weekend uh, out in front of us, so you know, it was so hot yesterday. It's been hot and the today, last week. it's like, you know... I'm leaving the house, and my wife's like, it's cold out there. I'm like, yeah, so okay. I put on a hoodie, you know, and right. I'm like, now nah, I'm hot. It's not that cold. It's a little bit humid. That, that, that feels like once that rain hits, it's mm-hmm. been so dry and, and hot, and it's just sticky. It's yeah. just sticky. Yeah, but, it's very uh, good. A lot different weather, obviously, than, than yesterday, but looking forward to a good weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we What's the forecast say for this weekend? Um, forecast says... A lot of partying. My wife's family's coming in town, so we uh, yeah. So it's a lot of partying uh, this weekend for um, for me, for me. So yeah, so it should be good. Should be good. Are you hosting everybody? Are you tonight? Tonight. Okay. No, no. Yeah, there there will be people staying at the house. Okay. Um, And then tonight we have a big get together at the house, and tomorrow night it's um, uh, somewhere else. So nice. uh, Yeah, it's gonna be action packed, man. That sounds looking forward to it. That sounds fun. I'm gonna enjoy this weekend. You know, we've got the Broncos game on Saturday night. Obviously, that means so much. But we've got that game on Saturday night. But I'll tell you what, we are eight days away from Colorado and TCU kicking off Stoke. Eight days away. You're excited about that. I'm fired up. You want to know what I did last night at 3 a.m.? At 3 a.m.? Yeah. I don't know if I do. I think you might want to know. I booked passage to Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, no, you did. Because I'll be there covering the game. I did. I broke down. Oh, that's great. It's it's not that expensive. If you're a Buffs fan and you want to go down there, I got down there, I think, in total, uh, it'll be less than, I used some points, so probably like 500 with hotels, rental car, everything. Everything, all in. Yeah. You can't beat that. I mean, come on. 500? What are your expectations for that game? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into okay. it here later right. well, in the I show. That's why you wanted to, you ready no, to get I was into just, it now. I was just letting you know that okay. that's what I was doing last night at All 3 a.m. I, I broke down. I broke down. I'm, well, I can't wait to get you because you've been, you've been, yeah, you know, been up there. around um, a lot in mm-hmm. Boulder. So I can't wait to get your take on, on your expectations. Yeah, we're going to have a, certainly, as Zach would like to say, a more dedicated conversation later in the show. But obviously, we Love have it. to start off today with what happened yesterday at joint practices between the Broncos and Rams as we're still dealing with the fallout of the Jerry Judy injury. Reverse sweep, pulls up lame, grabs a hamstring, can't make it off the field on his own power, gets carted off. It comes out later in the day from Ian Rappaport that Jerry Judy is expected to miss several weeks with a moderate hamstring injury suffered today in practice. Poor Rappaport and Tom Palacero. 
Rapport says that puts Judy's status in question for week one, but there is optimism. It's nothing long-term for one of Denver's top weapon, uh, top weapons. So when you guys got off the air yesterday, Stoke, you weren't sure of, of necessarily the prognosis here right. of how long he's going to be out. So now that you hear it's just several weeks, how do you feel? Because I heard a little bit of you guys yesterday. There was a little sky is falling. There was a little, no, 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 we're all good. So where yeah, are we Zach at now? Was, Zach was panicking, and, you know, he – you know, he had the Broncos, I think, one in one game now. Uh, oh, is that what it was? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, Take the under, one under, or two. under. Yeah, so, and I was like, let's just see. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just wait and see. And he's like, he got carted off, man. He got carted off. That's not good. I'm like, dude, they cart everyone off, you know, nowadays, especially <laughs> at practice. If you hurt your hamstring, do they want you to walk 100 yards into the facility? No, and the practices are going on, and it's joint practice, right? And you got both fields are occupied. So the best way to do it is, all right, let's just put them on the cart and mm-hmm. get them out of there. That doesn't mean it's like this devastating injury. That means they just want to, you know, expediate the process. There we go. Uh, first that, segment. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who first segment? I mean, they're, they're, the just, they're just trying to get this thing going and try, you know, you don't want a guy with a hurt hamstring. Doesn't matter if it's a little bit, a lot, you know, uh, walking 100 yards into the facility. So I didn't read into that a lot and just said, let's just be patient and see. Maybe he misses a week, mm-hmm. maybe two. We still had, we still got two and a half weeks before the first game yesterday. It was two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, all right, if he misses the first game, guess what? We don't need him anyway. Right. It's the Raiders. It's the Raiders. We're going to be Raiders. good. Throw up Who's the dub? worried about the Raiders? Right. Throw up the dub. That's You've only be, lost six times in a row. Gonna, that's going to be an easy win. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just Let's just get him back for the commander. So, all right, look, probably best case scenario here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. Several weeks. Yeah. It's not, you know, he didn't pop it off the bone or whatever the case may be and, and is out, you know, two months. Hopefully you don't have a setback. That, that's kind of where you're at with a hammy. I've had hammies mm. and uh, had one in my first year in Indy, and I kept on having setbacks. And so, you know, two, three, four-week injury, you know, now it's four, five, six-week injury. Uh, so yeah, that's all you're trying to avoid. And they're a lot more cautious now than when, you know, my training camp in, in 2003 yeah. Yeah. with the Colts when the trainer kept on telling me to fight through it. Like, bro, Throw some dirt on it. Stokely. Fight through a hamstring injury? I, w- I wanted to smack him. I'm like, you, is, did this guy really just tell me to fl- fight through a hamstring injury? I'm like, dude. It's like, We've come a long just, way since then. We've come a long way since Insanity. Then. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at with him. I, I think this is probably – uh, best case scenario when you when you know we heard the news yesterday several weeks right several Matt, weeks. How, how do you view it am I you, you you were more with Zach the sky is falling or you're no. like ah we we're, we're okay yeah I was really uncomfortable obviously I was in with Dmac yesterday and I was uncomfortable I thought things were just getting a, the tone was getting a little too negative because in a vacuum obviously it's really disappointing but clearly I think some of that was. The lanyap, as you would say, of the disappointment to this preseason, right? There's been some disappointment. The offense has looked lackluster, certainly, at times. It's not necessarily, Stoke, what we had hoped it would be. Maybe not even what we expected it to be right out of the gate. In, in a lot of situations, it's looked very much the same. Now, I think there's some progress there. Right, lanyap, right? Like a little extra. A little extra? Yeah, a little yeah. extra disappointment. Yeah. Except lanyap is typically good. This right. Is like... Eh, this is a little bit of extra ugh, to have to deal with here. So sure. for Judy, I think, yeah, it, look, it's not good news in the fact that you lost your number one wide receiver, and this is several weeks. I compared it yesterday just trying to put things in context to what Russell was dealing with last year. He had the baby hammy. He had the miss. They held him out of the Jets game, but there's a difference. 
The yeah. quarterback position and the wide receiver position are are not the same thing. It's apples and oranges, and you're going to put that hamstring under way more stress and right. pressure playing the wide receiver position as you just articulated, right? So I do think it's a little bit of a concern. And then we had Andrew Mason on, obviously, our senior Denver Broncos writer at denversports.com. And Mace said, well, maybe you just put Judy on IR four weeks. That's that's the absolute minimum you you can be on IR. You take the decision out of everybody's hands. You let him ease back into it. And if he's not ready after four weeks, you just reevaluate from there. No. I agree. That's that's Zach by. You know, Zach's <laughs> like, well, let's just rest Double him for rap. eight weeks. And then, you know, we'll bring him back after the bye. I want to make sure his hamstring's 100% healed. Look. You just take it day by day, mm-hmm. okay? Unless unless the MRI showed that it might be, you know, six seven weeks. If if not, let's just be cautious with it. And I'm looking at this thing saying, okay, he's probably just going to miss week one. I don't want to miss him miss three more games. All we have is 17 of these things. If he can play, we play him, right? And we are uh, the Broncos should take a cautious approach. You can you can be very conservative here and still have him week two possibly, possibly, but, yeah. And, and if not week three, perfect. Right. I don't want him to miss four games. If he doesn't have to, what is he going to do the last two weeks? Be completely healthy and just be, you know, twiddling his thumbs? Like, what do we, like, we don't have that luxury here. The Broncos don't have that luxury, Matt. They aren't the Chiefs. (laughs) You know, they're they're not a team that's saying, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. Like, when we were with the Colts and we were winning 12 games every year, like, okay, you know, if you wanted to take that approach, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we need you down the stretch. Not here. We're trying to, you know, have a winning record. We need for everything once. we can get here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't like that approach. Um, I don't like it at all. Okay. Well, I wanted your opinion on it because obviously Judy has had some soft tissue injuries in the in the past. Luckily, he's never dealt with hamstrings. That's one thing. I think back to like Lavisca Chenault. You know, Lavisca played at CU, made it to the NFL, but man, he's just had a hamstring injury that keeps popping up and popping up over and over again. So sometimes you just can't get rid of that, right? Yeah. That's just different people's bodies, right? So look, I, I am more encouraged that it's only a couple of weeks, but I'll tell you another reason why I'm more encouraged. Because I think the Broncos are better suited to handle it this year than they would have been the last six years because they've actually got the code who can game plan around it. Yeah. He can scheme around it. You can use the next man up mentality if it's a couple of weeks. But if you're telling me Jerry Judy were to be out the entire season, now it's a different conversation entirely. Yeah, we hit on that yesterday. Uh, and that was, you know, one of, one of my points. This is Sean Payton, right? I mean, hey, step up. You know, hey, game plan some of this stuff. I mean, we saw it with the Patriots when Brady wasn't around. Sure. The offense might look a little bit different. I, I don't really think it has to be a lot different, but... Maybe just a little bit different because you have a Marquez Callaway or you have a Brandon Johnson or or a Mims taking over for Jerry Judy. So maybe it's it's a little bit different, but it's not like we we just lost Justin Jefferson. Let's let's not let's not you know <laughs> go overboard here. We didn't just lose Jerry Rice, right. okay? So um, you know, I mean, I, I just think that you know Sean Payton can help out a little bit, and we, we, should, we should be fine. We're going to have fine. a longer discussion about Judy later, but I don't know if you happen to see what he put out on Twitter. Did you see I, he's I, back I, on the cryptic tweets? I, I, no, I missed it. Crying laughing emoji. He tweeted out yesterday afternoon. Crying laughing. Why? You tell me. Yeah. No clue. No clue. No. Cryptic Judy's back. One more for the Zach By Files. Yes, there you go. All right. On the other side, expectation changes. What did we see throughout training camp that differed from what we thought heading into training camp? That conversation's next. 
Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Matt Smith in for Zach by today, alongside Brandon Stokely. What a Friday. Congratulations to everybody out there. We made it. It's a freaking weekend. I'm looking forward to it, too. All right, so the last time you and I did a show together was about a month and a half ago before training camp. And if you'll recall in that show, we went down the Broncos roster and talked about good plan, bad plan. You remember that? Yes. Yes. Hey. I think so. (laughs) Just humor me, all right? Just say it. That's what I was doing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good. Good. I want to talk to you about how your expectations have changed. Since 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 that moment, right, since we were entering training camp, now a couple of weeks in, two preseason, preseason games deep, how do you feel about this team? Where were you, and now where are you? Well, I think um, offensively, I'm a little bit... I'm um, looking for the right word. Uh, I'm not as excited as I, I was... Going, uh, hoping I was going to be yeah. at this time, right? I was hoping I would see a little bit more from them. That that made me more optimistic about them. Okay, right. and and that starts with the offensive line. I mean, that's what I look at the most, and and I just look at that group, and I'm like, man, this could be a big issue. Mm. It could be, could be a big, big issue this year. Obviously, everything starts up front, especially when you got a quarterback that um, you know is getting a little bit older mm-hmm. and took a ton of hits last year and looked like it it. It got to him towards the end of the year. It looked like it got to him. Which, he got banged like, up, man. I can't, yeah. uh, I can't blame him. So that that has me concerned. Uh, now, you know, Jerry Judy is going to be out for a little bit. You look at this running game and, and thinking that this whole offense is going to have to revolve around this running game, and if this offensive line isn't what we hoped it would be after spending all this money on Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, <laughs> then it's going to be a big concern. So – I'm. Um, I was hoping to be more optimistic about this offense right now. Defensively, I think I feel better about that group than I thought I would. So it's kind of like um, role reversal. Yes, exactly. I my expectations were a little bit lower for the defense, and I've liked what I've seen. Now we haven't seen it for four quarters. Sure. We um, you know we haven't seen extended time out there for them defensively. So, uh, but these pass rushers, they they've been a pleasant surprise. You know, they they have. Uh, so, secondary-wise, I like what I've seen in Mathis. Obviously, Sertan, and get, just get Justin Simmons back on the field, be fine, you know, there. Caden Stearns is taking a, a, a step forward and looking like he's going to play a big role this year. Uh, as long as they can – the one thing that we really don't know – well, we don't know a lot, but it, it's hard to duplicate what you're going to see on Sundays, obviously, in practice and, and joint practice, all these things, and, and preseason games – in the run game, mm-hmm. just the run game. Uh, you'll get a little bit of that in, in the preseason games, but not for four quarters. So how do they hold up up front? You know, Mike Purcells is coming back, which is good news. Great but news, they're yeah. thin up there. Yeah. They're thin. You know, they lost uh, the one guy, the parlay guy. Wazarike. Uh, Wazarike, um, you know, for the year. So that hurts their depth there. How do they hold up uh, when teams just say, we're going to run the football? Uh, you know, can they stop the run game? Uh, so, But I, I feel better about the defense than I thought and a little bit um, less about the offense than I than I thought I would. That's kind of where I'm at. How about I, yourself? I think we're in lockstep. 
I, I really do. When entering training camp, I had the expectation in my head of this being a seven-win floor and a ten-win ceiling. After what I saw early in training camp, I said, oh, boy, well, you talked yourself right into that one, didn't you? Right? You, you saw on paper it looked great, but they got onto the field, and it's like, man, Russ, what is going on here, buddy? Then things started to click in training camp. And where I thought it was a 7-10 to 10 win team, then maybe I thought it was a 5-7 to seven win team. Now I'm starting to think that things can be a little bit better. Maybe 8 or 9 wins even could be a ceiling. But you'd have to hit all green lights at this stage, in my opinion. You brought up the offensive line. The one wild card, right? And I think one of the plans we were most confident in heading into training camp was this offensive line because that's where they invested their most capital in the offseason. You're bringing in McGlinchey and Powers and... This is the Sean Payton identity, but the one wild card that I don't think we took enough stock into was Garrett Bowles, right? Garrett Bowles is coming along slow, and if you're talking about the left side of your line that's protecting Russ's blind spot, and Lord knows (laughs) he's already struggling to see the field, you know, as it is, you you can't have his blind spot be a real problem for him this year if you expect to win football games, man. So, yeah, I think that has been a concern for me as well, Stokely. How could you deny that? Yeah, um, and, you know, right now they're healthy. McGlinchey's back, so they're healthy. What happens if one or two guys go down, um, you know, it, it could uh, be um, a, a, obviously a, a real concern. But Can I ask you about McGlinchey real quick before you finish? Yeah. So McGlinchey was dealing with the death of his best friend, right? That were one of his best friends, right? Unfortunately, personal situation, family situation. He posts on social media. Then he came back to practice, had, what, three days and then sprained a knee? How much are you really reading into what we saw from Mike McGlinchey in camp? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you put everything in context there when it, when you look, he, you know, obviously started off and missed mm-hmm. some of those days and then came back and looked rusty. Yeah. And then now got injured. But there was, you know, there was concern from people on this. Sure station about you know that signing to no start question. with and yep. so you look at it and you evaluate and you know, i want to see him you know with my own two eyes i didn't watch him a lot last year with san francisco and you watched him and it was like wow i, th- I thought it would be better you know i thought he would look better than what i've seen here now it's not real game and his strength is run blocking that's what they tell me so maybe you get in the game and start running the ball a little bit to help him in pass protection but you, you just saw a sloppy play from him when it came to pass protection, when you when it came to false starts, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and so that that's just a concern. That's 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 it. I'm not saying he's not he's going to be a bust and throw him with all those other right tackles that we've swung and missed on. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that there's got to be a concern there with the three four days, however many days he practiced before he got injured. It's just I thought it would look better. I mean, you're, you're giving the guy fifty million, so guaranteed. The right? Bigger, the bigger problem is on the back end. It's not the days he's missed in training camp. Yeah, of course, it, it's a huge bummer not to have him out there. The fire in the crucible time when you meld together as an offensive line as a cohesive unit. But the problem is the next time he gets back out onto the field in a real setting, it's against Max. Crosby, and then the next weekend it's Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Chase Young of Washington. You don't have time. That offensive line has to find a way to hold up early, and and that certainly is a red flag. I wanted to bring up the defense though, and we'll get back into more of this team here later on. But you brought up the pass rushers. Still, that was one of the areas that you and I were the most concerned about, yeah. right? I think maybe you and I more than anyone else on the station were like, "Hey, this group is not a good group." You have, but. You talk about gambles paying off. It really looks like there's some early signs where 
Credit Nick Benito. I did not have much hope for him, but it looks like he's taken a bit of a jump to where, hey, he might even be a contributor this year. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Cooper and, yeah, go down the list. It's, yeah, Randy Gregory. And, and a lot of these guys look a lot, a lot better than I thought they would. And so I look at that group and say, okay, well, you got to go do it. Mm. You know, Vance Joseph said it was the best group. He's ever, you know, he's ever coached. This was, you know, whatever. I mean, probably shouldn't have said that. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him in that category. They got to go out there and do it first. A lot of, you know, Randy Gregory just needs to stay healthy, stay on the football field. And if he does, he will produce. And then you look at Benito, Jonathan Cooper, um, and then just how much does Frank Clark have left in the tank? You know, you got two young guys. You got an old guy, uh, older guy there in Frank Clark. So. I, I I I'm more optimistic about that group, but at the same time, I'm still kind of looking with one eye open. Like, all right, now you just now you have to do it when it matters the most. You look good in practice; everything is good. But can you do it on game days? Um, that's that's where I'm at with that group. But a lot more optimistic than than I was last time we did this show a month or two ago. About training camp. How about the way that Sean Payton has handled training camp? What do you think about that? Because there's been a lot of roses being thrown at Sean Payton's feet, but we'll get Stokes' take on if there's anything he's had an issue with as far as the way he's handled camp next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith and Brandon Stokely. In on a Friday. Stoke, a lot of people have been praising Sean Payton, and I think rightfully so, because compared to the dysfunction of last season, I would say things are certainly on the right track. Maybe the results aren't there yet, but I'd say that they're headed towards progress. Yeah? Yeah, much better. Much okay. better. The bar was low. Yeah. The bar was really low for Sean Payton to, was on to, the floor. to yeah. jump over and have a better training camp than what we saw last year. Right. And ideally, you'd come in here, pick that bar up and power clean it, right? Put it right up over your head. Get yourself back to the playoffs. I don't think that that's going to happen this year. But there was a lot of talk coming into camp about how this would not be last season's training glamp that you coined. So... How do you like the way that Sean Payton ran things this season? I loved it. I, I thought uh, this is how you have to operate, how you have to get ready to play football in the NFL, and how you have to go about your business if you want to win games. You want to get back to being you know, a, a good football team. This is what you got to do. You got to work. You know, it's not just going to – it's not always fun in games. At some point you got to work, and I think we have a grown-up finally. We have an adult – you know, that um, knows how to run things. And, you know, it's going to be tough some days. You, you, you're doing some conditioning after practice and things like that, right? I mean, just like the basic stuff, nothing like nothing crazy. Right, not reinventing the wheel here. No, nothing crazy, but, you know, going about their business like, um, you know, they're, they're trying to win football games this year. So I, I, I've loved it. I think this is the right approach. It doesn't mean that it's going to work, but I just think it's, it's, it's so hard to win games in the NFL. And if you're not um, putting the work in and making it hard, then you know what? You're probably not going to have a good year. It, it, yeah. it just doesn't work that way. So I love what I've seen from Sean Payton and how they have gone about their business, how they've um, been some tough days out there, right? Like, okay, let's get after it a little bit. And and that's that's my philosophy and that's my approach, and I think that's how you, you have to go about your business, especially 
let me clarify a little bit, especially when you have a a team that's learning new things and a lot of changes happen over the years. Like if it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, okay, look, you know, I mean, you don't have to grind it out day in and day out. That's you don't have shoe, to, yeah. right? But but here in this situation, with everything being new, you, your approach needs to be make things you know tough and 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 difficult some days. And that that's what I saw. So I loved it, man. I I, I loved it. I remember last season, both you and Zach many different times were raising red flags saying, look, guys, we should all be keeping an eye on this situation. Melvin, Javante, why are they not working hard enough? Those, you know, little subtle things. Have you noticed anything that you said, "Ah, you know what, I'm going to have my eye on this because of the way maybe something was handled in training camp? (sighs) Not really. You know, I mean, we're going to be watching the safety position and see what it looks like with Kareem and Caden Stearns, but there's nothing that um, I'm be, there's nothing that I'm like really concerned with offensively. Like, oh my goodness, how are they going to use the running backs? I, I, like, I'm not worried about that because this is Sean Payton. So we're right? not nitpicking, right? No, there, there's not going to be orange slices, you know, just because you're Melvin Gordon and you know what, you're a little bit upset. Now we're going to start you. Right, but what yeah. about what about a situation where he he really didn't use the refs very much, Stoke? Yeah, this was a team that was tied third in penalties last season, tied fourth in pre-snap penalties. You're telling me this is an offensive line who's struggling? Don't you think that maybe building some more discipline by having those guys out there matters, or maybe we're just reading too much into this? No, no, I think I like the refs out there. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's one thing that I look at, and I would have said, yeah, I think you should have had refs out there more, but at the same time. Look, that gets nitpicky, right? Well, no, no. I mean, you you want them throwing flags, right? You, I mean, that's like you. Everyone sees it, and like, okay, false start. You know, uh, Mike McGlinchey, false start. Bowls are holding bowls, holding. You know, uh, 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 Mathis. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, um, like if there is a false start, like when you're watching film, coach looks at it like, all right, hey, false start. You know, you, you don't have to have a ref to throw the flag to know it's a false start, but. I would have preferred the refs being out there. Okay, I, I think I think there's an added benefit to it. How is it a huge deal? I'm I'm not I'm not going there, but I, I think I think it could have helped a little bit to where you have a little bit more accountability. Coaches are still holding these guys accountable. You know, like if a, if it's if it's Mathis out there covering uh, Sutton and he grabs him, you know, it's going to be highlighted in the meetings when they watch film. So. Um, I still think it, there, there's accountability there, even when the refs aren't there. But I do like the refs there, okay. so I, I, if yeah, that makes sense. I just haven't heard too many complaints, but I feel like we just have to evaluate him as fairly as we've evaluated every other new head coach that stepped in here. And certainly not everything will be perfect because nobody is. And certainly different people have a way of doing things differently, right, Stokes? So. What I what I am curious about though is what we end up seeing tomorrow night. Oh, and the other thing that I yeah. didn't yeah, like ahead. from him, right? Um, and it was a big deal to start camp. I mean, the spotlight was on him and his comments about mm. Hackett and what happened last year. Um, that that was not the way to start camp. That was a bad way to start camp. The spotlight was on the Denver Broncos. And the talk was about last year and what a disaster it was last year and how bad Russ played last year. And it's like, dude, you're the one that said, you know, we're moving forward here. And we're not we're not looking at last year. Anonymous donors, right? We're like, 
we don't want the spotlight on us. Mm-hmm. And he put the spotlight all on the Broncos. Terrible timing. For, yeah, just just awful. Just awful. No need to do that. Mm-hmm. There was no need to do that. Whether he thought he was in a comfortable situation and setting with a reporter and that um, – Obviously wasn't the case. That was that was a bad way to start it, and um, and it was unnecessary. And you brought unwanted attention, uh, and so I I didn't and you like gave that. The Jets free billboard material, free bulletin board material. Yeah, certainly. And so um, we'll you see. Know, that, yeah, no, that that was a bad deal there. Uh, but you know, hey, now that's in the past. Other than that, I mean, that was a bad way to start camp. But camp got to me progressively um, better from there. And and I liked what I've seen overall, so I give him I give him two thumbs up, and it started off really bad. Thirty thousand foot view, the trajectory is upwards. They're moving in the right direction, right? So you can have a little bit, you know, a couple of things. Man, maybe I'd have done this differently. Probably wouldn't have said that, but overall, things are moving in the right direction. I, I just feel, don't yeah. know if it's fast enough or, or or necessarily going to amount to enough at the end of the day. Unfortunately, to win football games, enough of them, at least to be relevant this year. We'll we'll see how it ends up playing out, but they do have one more preseason game tomorrow night to take care of. They do. I'm ready for that thing to be over. Me too, man. After the Jerry, and that's why I think eventually they're going to end up dumping that third preseason game and making it a regular season game. You telling me that the NFLPA, you offer players another game check, that that, that, you know, maybe some more guaranteed rates in, in contracts, they wouldn't succumb to that? Oh, that's what will end up happening. Uh, players, are, you know, their their leverage card is running low. You know what I'm saying? Shame, man. Um, because Compared to what it is in the NBA, it's pathetic. Well, you, honestly, you, well, like if you want something, you got to give something up, right? And so, um, you know, the players uh, we gave up um, the first round money mm-hmm. for for the rookies. Right, the the owners wanted that. Um, Blame them kids, you yeah. know, uh, like you know Peyton Manning. You know when he came out and, and these guys, they 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 made Matt Stafford. They the first picks overall. They were making so much money, and it was just getting out of control. And the owners wanted slotted systems, right? So so they didn't have to keep battling these guys. And well, I, I guess we gave that up. I don't know what we got in return for that. That was a big deal, right? Still waiting on that yeah, check in yeah. the mail. Still, yeah. still um, so, like, that was a huge leverage card that the players had, and it's gone. That's gone. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that are that are gone, and you look back and, like, what did we really get for that? So I don't know how much, how many more things they have except for that, you know, okay, we'll play that 18th game, and now – you know, there's no more punishment for for you know, smoking weed or whatever the case may be. That, right? Didn't they? Yeah, that, that's that, I don't I know. Exactly. I think that they 86 that. Yeah, which was uh, long overdue. The, but exactly. Long but at the same overdue. time, what did the players give up for that? Right. Great question. So that, that's the thing is like, so you're going to give up something huge and major, and all you get back is like some crumbs. Would from you the ever owners, be a union so. rep? No, 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 no. That's not my cup of tea. No? Oh. Never standing on the front lines fighting the good fights? No, that's not my um, rallying the troops. But they need to, um, you know, get it figured out. But, yeah, eventually it will be 18 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of yeah. course it will be. All right, we'll get back into how Denver should handle tomorrow night because that is a very interesting conversation in and of itself. And Jerry Judy's injury may have affected it. But coming up next, I'll tell you, when I got home from doing the drive last night, I pulled up my timeline. I- There were no words for what I saw. I'm going to try and find them, though, and we'll do that next.
It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith and Brandon Stokely in this afternoon. Zach's off. Nice long weekend for ZB. I'll tell you what, you're rubbing off on him, man. That mentorship that I keep hearing about you brag about, you know, in our promos, that you're mentoring Zach every day. He's he's really taking to it, I see. Yes, he is. Stokely 101 is going well. He must be getting an A. He's doing a great job <laughs> of treating himself. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, has the dynamic flipped here, though? Like, I mean, it seems like he's kind of big-timing you more often now. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's feeling himself. A little bit, yeah, isn't he? A lot. A lot. A lot, yes. huh? Uh-huh. On the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043, and chime in on the conversation. Someone says, what's up with Mike Evans talking crap about Stoke and Zach? I saw a little article where they were just lambasting you. Yeah, those guys um, have, um, have become soft in the morning. I guess they don't like to be called out for their softness. Mm, they're soft. That's the way it is. I mean, they're, they're just, refined. you know, they're like, oh, be patient. And, you know, it's like. It's not about the results. It's about the process. Hopefully by week 10, you know, they're playing okay offensively. If not, we'll give them a few more weeks. It's mm. all good. And um, I look at it a little bit differently. So we'll see. <laughs> you look at it, it's not all good? Is that what you're trying to say? No, that there were some struggles. I want to see them go out there and do it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and make the plays and uh, have success and not just, like, project you know, what it's going to look like, and I, I need to see it. It's a good thing for HR that there's a show that buffers in between, right, so you guys don't have to run into each other, so we don't have a Sharks and Jets situation going on here. Yeah, those guys don't want this smoke. Come on. <laughs> they're they're old. just big teddy bears. They're old. They're outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of, you know, what they've, they've gotten soft in their old age. It happens to the best of it us. It does. It does. I'm not, you know, I still like them. I do. I still like them. Doesn't mean they're bad guys. They're not bad guys. Last night, I got home from hosting with DMAC, and I opened up my timeline, and Stoke, I, I couldn't believe what I saw, man. <sighs> Val Nachushkin popped up and took to Instagram, in which he posed in front of a vehicle, showing off his Stanley Cup ring on one hand, and in his other hand, he was holding an AK-47. Ooh. Look, this is not a conversation about guns. I want to get that out of the way ahead of time. I'm all for responsible gun ownership. This has zero, zero to do with that. What it has to do with is public image. And more than that, how you present yourself to your teammates. Let's revisit the situation, shall we? Val Nichushkin, in the middle of the first round series of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Seattle... Had a woman, right, in his room, allegedly, and they had to get her out of there, and she was making a lot of claims that were very alarming. And then Val disappeared. He was gone. Wasn't there to fight with his guys in the rest, you know, the rest of the playoffs. And quite honestly, for a series that went to seven, that might have been the margin that pushed the avalanche over the top. So he really let his his team down in a major way. Couldn't have been worse. They lost. Right? So, like, if, if you had him, I, I, I do. I, I think they probably win that series. I think they win that series. Absolutely, I think they win that series. And then we don't know what happens, right? 
they're they're playing coy about it. They won't comment on it. It's a personal situation. And then a couple months later, we see Val pop up in Russia on his girlfriend or wife's, excuse me, wife's Instagram account. And now this picture pops up. Um, let me let me go to you first. What what was your first take? Yeah, I just think that's um, you know lack of awareness there. Um, like. The way that things ended here last year, um, it was awful. It's not good. I mean, you look at the the situation. Um, you look at the police, you know, uh, cam that, that we saw talking with the doctors or whoever for the Avs, and just not, uh, not a good situation, obviously. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened. Your mind can go to um, – the different situations and probably what happened, but don't know exactly what happened, but it's not good. Like you said, it's just not a good situation to where one of your best players, um, you know, the, the day of a, a playoff game just disappears and it's gone. Poof, done. And we don't know where he is. No one knows where he is. And then, like you said, he pops up in Russia um, at some point uh, during the off season. And then now, you know, he's, I mean, your mind can go what was going on in that hotel room, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he pops back up in Russia, and then now you see him with the with the gun. Just just lack of awareness. Like, what are we doing here, man? Just just stay low key, right? <laughs> just just stay low key, and um, that's probably not the best look for you. That that's where I'm at. How about you? Look, I'm going to give him a little bit of grace because he's from a different culture, just a shred. Okay. However. What was the what was the goal of this post? You think showing off with an AK forty seven and a Stanley Cup championship ring? What do you think the goal of the post was? I, I just look at me. I have no idea. Right like, to look cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Guess what? That is the absolute last thing this dude needs to be worrying about right now. I have defended this guy a ton, and obviously, when when the situation in Seattle came out, I think all I said is I'm not going to jump to judgment until we have more facts. And now the fact, you know, more came out, more from that situation. And like you mentioned, it doesn't look good. And now you have this. And I'm not going to over, I I hope I'm just overreacting to a social media post. But this screams to me a man who has not straightened out his priorities. And for the avalanche, smack dab in the middle of a championship window, when one of your best players who you rewarded with an eight-year, $6 million per contract, you're not paying so you hope he can be the best he can be. You're paying him so that he can be a dude. And you cannot be a dude if your priorities are out of whack. And it's not just about the off-ice stuff. That's the thing. He missed 29 games last year when the Avalanche were playing primarily with a bunch of dudes from the AHL. Like, this is the... I can only imagine... What Nathan McKinnon thought when he saw this post. Like, Val. I guarantee he didn't write it off like, oh, that's just Val being Val. Right? Ah, that's just the big Russian on it. No, no, no. That's, come on, man. What what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think that, uh, and we also got to remember early in his career, you know, a first-round pick and just flamed out. I believe it was with Dallas. Yep. And flamed out. like Went back to the KHL. Something went, uh, something happened there. And so you, you, that's where my mind goes is like, what was going on? with not really him on the ice because obviously a very talented guy. I mean, he was picked in the first round, but all the other stuff. And that impacted him in such a big way on the ice to where Dallas was just done. Mm -hmm. They just moved on. They're done, right? 
And and now you're seeing this off the ice stuff. And, you know, how much of an impact will that have on the ice? You can't you can't, you know, just ignore it and just pretend like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's not like um, just one post here, one thing there. I mean, we're talking about the day, the day of a playoff game. Yeah, you better you be go, a Boy Scout. And you go awesome. down, you go down <laughs> that road to Ugh. where now you just disappear from the team, man. Right, so that that that's as bad as it gets almost. Where, where you're not even available for the playoff run, for the repeat run. I mean, like like so that that was a really bad deal, really bad deal. Not like he missed one or two games. It's like nope, boom, you're done for however many games um, they they finished off there, and then now this is happening. This is going on. So. I don't know, man. I guess you know we'll we'll continue to watch it and and monitor it throughout the season. But to me, it's almost like a flashback to maybe what was going on with him early, mm. and then he got his stuff straight, right? right? He got his stuff straight, and he was great. And now you're going back down that. Got that, your money, got comfortable. Exactly. Now you got paid. It's like and wait, wait, you're wait. going back to your old ways, yeah. which got you, you know, pretty much kicked out of the league. Right. Going back to playing in Russia. Right. And then you fought so hard to actually earn this type of contract. The organization places their trust in you, and this is this is how you respond. Like this is this is weak stuff to me. And I think, look. It was already going to take Val a very long time to earn that trust back from his teammates, and it was nothing that he was going to say. It was purely actions-driven, right? If trust is broken, it's going to take some time to repair that relationship and restore that. But vets report in under a month to training camp for the Avalanche. Where's his head at? Can you confidently tell me right now that Val has taken the time this summer after that incident based upon what we've seen here and that he's straightened things out? Yeah, can't can't say that. Doesn't you know? Doesn't look like it. And they need him to be a really key member of this team this year. He got off to a great start the first ten games of the season. Had the setback with the foot, and then, like I said, missed twenty nine games. Is is this you showing me that you're working hard, or is this you being an idiot? Which to me, just calling it what it is, this is dumb. You don't need to be posing with an AK forty seven and posting that on social media. I don't care about the gun. It's the it's the image of where his head is at that that has me super concerned. So we'll continue to monitor this this situation. I, I will say the last thing on the way out here: the ABS were hoping not to have to address the Val situation. I promise you, when training camp started up, they're gonna know. They will now. I hope. I hope, you think so? I hope that one of our media brethren who cover that team get an answer because I think we deserve one. I don't think we will. Well, I mean, I think we'll, you know, they'll be asked, but I don't think we'll get an answer. Well, we'll just we'll just have to see how. I hope we do. I you got to ask the question. Oh, of course, it's journalistic malpractice almost not to. All right, on the other side, Jerry Judy, where do the Broncos go from here with that? And what does the wide receiver room look like? Who makes this team? That's next.